Hello, STEM Nation. Jeff here, and welcome to episode number nine of STEM on Fire, where we interview practicing professionals in the area of science, technology, engineering, and math. Let's start by thanking our sponsor, Audible, who is offering a free audiobook. Just head over to stemonfirebook.com. That's stemonfirebook.com to get your free audiobook. Just an update on the podcast. We just finished up week number eight, and there have been over 3,000 downloads. I'd like to thank you, the listeners, for making this podcast a success. If you are getting value, I kindly ask if you could share it with a friend so they can also receive this insight. Now let's get fired up today with our guest, Brett, and I hope our chat will help ignite your passion towards a STEM career. Brett Boddenberg received his bachelor's degree in industrial and systems engineering from the University of Wisconsin-Madison and is currently working towards a master's degree in computing from Marquette University. Brett is transitioning to a new job at One Event Technologies as an IoT data analyst, and prior to that, he was at Johnson Controls as a senior data analyst. Welcome to the show, Brett. Fill in any gaps and share a bit of your personal life. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. Um, from career-wise, that sounds pretty good to me. Um, since right now, I am uh, pursuing my master's. There's not much time on the evenings to do much else, I would admit. But uh, when I have time, I just try to hang out with family and friends as much as I can and uh, keep up on the latest trends and technologies. All right. Hey, thanks for that, Brett. And so let's dive right in. Um, you're an industrial slash systems engineering from a degree perspective. So for someone not familiar with industrial or systems engineering, can you give some examples of career opportunities? And then we'll delve into your specific area of expertise. Yeah. So what people might not realize is after they graduate or someone graduates with an industrial engineering degree, that doesn't necessarily mean there's a lot of jobs out there called industrial engineers, um, but um, or I should say title called an industrial engineer. But there's still there's tons of opportunities out there. So right now I'm working what I like to call the data space, and this is uh, what you're hearing a lot of lately: data analytics, big data, and data science. Um, and in this uh, industry, there's um, just an example of three titles. You hear data analysts data scientists and data engineers. Um, so a data scientist is using statistical models, uh, very, very focused, and they're working on very large sets of unstructured data, streaming data, um, and they're usually working on a more customized model to drive insights. A data analyst is kind of the same thing, but maybe a little bit more of a generalist uh, in a business sense, and they're uh, they're more a little bit more business facing. So they need to take um, their findings from data, and then able to explain that to non-technical and business users. And then, um, for my last example, I guess a data engineer um, is also a a title that's been popping up more and more. And uh, these are the people that are that just love digging into the data. They're designing database systems, uh, maybe doing a little bit of data modeling, but they're really enabling data analysts and data scientists to run their analysis. Okay, Brett. So you're you're kind of on the data data analyzing side of things. Are there also roles for industrial engineers to if they're interested more in the production side like big factories to help run the industrial setup for those? Is that an opportunity for industrial engineers? Definitely. So um, part of the curriculum at UW-Madison, um, I took more of a kind of quantitative approach, which was a lot of data modeling, but there's also uh, some um, 
branch of manufacturing, which um, you can kind of learn how to uh, also optimize systems and um, processes along with um, kind of considering human factors in that as well. So specifically, what what do you do as a data analyst? Can you give us some examples of the type of data that you would analyze and what the end results might be from that data? At Johnson Controls, um, it's really a lot of financial information and just answering whatever question the business has at that point. Um, so we can um, maybe see what products are shipping late, or we can see uh, do some web analytics and see what customers what kind of content is generating customers to our website. Um, we also like to calculate probabilities of whether or not a customer will return to us with a subscription or um, maybe predict our revenue sales for next month. Um, and then, so once we we do those kind of analyses, then um, the important part then is kind of storytelling and showing other people um, what that means. So I'm um, interpreting the data and making it intuitive for, like I said before, non-technical and these business users and kind of communicating these complex ideas. Okay. And I'm going to circle back a little bit, um, back to the college level for industrial systems engineering. I would imagine that the curriculum starts out with the basics of calculus and you have to go through the physics and then you get into your juniors and junior and senior year are you, is that where you would actually tune your industrial or systems engineering degree to kind of go the analytic side or the, I'll say more the traditional factory setup human factors? Or is it fairly generic and you come out and then you kind of decide what you want to do? So at Madison, they you could actually uh, begin to specialize for your junior and senior year typically. So uh, like you said, you'd kind of go through the generals at first, which would be the calculus classes, the chemistry classes, the physics classes. Um, and then around your junior year, you can start um, you know, fine-tuning where you want to go within the industrial engineering space. Okay. And your degree industrial slash systems engineering how would systems engineering be different than the industrial engineering side? So I think systems is kind of bringing the more modern uh, application of industrial engineering to light here. So as you know, industrial engineering might be a little bit misleading because that's a lot of people think it's the factory or manufacturing. Uh, but the systems engineering is where maybe more of the data modeling comes in hand and more of the optimization and uh, also some human factors as well. Okay, thanks for clarifying that. Appreciate it. Yep. So what would a typical workday look like for you or a work week look like for you? Uh, so within data analytics, there's lots and lots of questions, um, both from colleagues and myself. Um, so usually it's just working with the business to develop questions that we can answer with data and then picking out the ones that we can and we can't. Um, and I kind of went through those questions before. So um, a lot of questions are on our customers. Uh, we did at John's Controls. Um, but then once we do these analyses, it's really important when we are um, supplying this information back to the business. So we, that's where uh, I believe the data, data analyst is very um, valuable because you have to translate what you're seeing from this data and kind of supply it in a business sense. Yes, you have to take the raw data, look at it, analyze it, figure out what it's really saying, and then figure out how to relay the relay that back to the to the business environment in terms that they can understand, and then use that to 
I'll say probably get more profitable and get maybe more lean. Exactly. So we're doing the best we can to inform them with data and um, to kind of get our point across. You need to be a good storyteller. Uh, you also need to be have a little artist in you with the, the visualizations um, and just you know supply it in an intuitive format. Okay. Hey, Brett. What is one thing that has you really fired up about industrial engineering, and where do you see it headed? So I'll focus this just to uh, kind of big data and analytics here, but it's the industry is red hot right now, and it's really a part of every domain that you can think of in industry. Um, it's really influencing and dis- disrupting these as well. So my industry uh, within Johns Controls, and then it will be at one event, is uh, the buildings industry. I really think uh, data has a lot, a lot left to influence there because I don't think there's really such thing as a smart building yet or a smart home. Um, so it'll really be cool what kind of products and services people come up with to kind of create, start creating that smart building or home where the home starts doing things for you rather than you just being able to control it. Okay, and with that, I assume that you're using um, software skills or computer programming skills. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, so, as you stated before, I have a little background in software engineering. So, um, a lot of that data information and uh, being informed by what's going on in your home or building is um, enabled through software. Okay, Brett. Hey, we are now going to change gears a bit here. So we're going to move into an aha moment you've had, something that might help our STEM nation. Can you take us to a moment in time of an incredible aha moment you've had at work or your personal life and tell us the story and how you turn that aha moment into success? Um, so I guess I would go back actually to my college days. And um, I know I wasn't the only one, but starting out, you, you kind of, you're a little intimidated and you're surrounded by a lot of smart people, uh, within engineering and, um, you know, there could even be some doubts whether or not I can make it. And, uh, to tell you the truth, maybe some tests weren't as uh, great as they should have been starting out, but, uh, that's kind of when I had the light bulb that I really needed to start reprioritizing work a little bit harder maybe than, uh, some other people. So I did that, put in some more time into school, um, study a little bit more, and then, um, you know, the grades and the test scores start turning around. And then that's when, uh, rather than you going to maybe your friends uh, in classes, they're starting to come to you for help. Uh, and that's kind of when I really realized, you know, I could I could make it as an engineer. Yeah, I think that's, you know, that's not uncommon because I think a lot of people, they get, they get slammed when they get into these engineering curriculums. And the, the classes are not easy, and it takes a lot of effort. And for most, not all, but for most, it's a lot of studying. And you're going to see your friends that are not in engineering, they're going to have a lot more free time than you will. And you just have to figure it out, prioritize like Brett is saying, and stick to it. And I think at the end, the rewards are, are really great. Um, engineering is a, is a great field to get into. And I, I think, Brett, that's going to lead right into our next question, which is, you know, on the on the minds of, of STEM Nation as they're heading off to college is that these, these curriculums are rigorous. They're challenging. So if you could go back in time to when you were 18, what would you tell yourself as you're heading off to college? Some things that you wish you knew back then or even knew back then that would help our STEMers launch into college successfully? 
I think there's a couple things. So first I would say embrace those first two years of those intense general credits. Uh, like I said, those are the, the calculus, the physics, the chemistry classes. Um, this doesn't necessarily mean you need to give away your social life when you're taking these, but um, you just got to find the right balance and realize there's it's going to be a lot of work, but you don't need to consider yourself a genius. You just need to put in that work and get through kind of that gauntlet of uh, first couple years of classes. And then you're, I really believe that once you're done with those classes, it's really going to be rewarding at the end when you start taking those more specialized engineering courses because... It's kind of hard to explain, but you're going to come into those circumstances where you're like, oh, that's why I took calculus. That's why I took chemistry. Um, but it's it's kind of hard to explain up front because it's tough to see what tough to uh, foresee what those circumstances are going to be. And I guess the second would be, I, I, I guess I just wish I had a better understanding of the different branches of engineering that was available. So I didn't even know until my second year until I met with my engineering advisor that what industrial engineering was. Um, and that's when uh, she kind of explained it's a little bit more business oriented engineering discipline and a little bit more human factors um, related. So uh, right away, I was pumped about it, uh, got in the classes as soon as I could. Um, it was good from there. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, STEM Nation, that's why we're doing these podcasts is because I think most most people are familiar with electrical engineering and probably computer engineering and mechanical. I'll say the traditional engineering, you know, chemical, but not too many folks are, are familiar with what industrial engineers do. And, and that's why we're doing these podcasts to help educate you, to help ignite that passion in some engineering or some STEM curriculum. So thanks for that, Brett. Yeah. So we're going to transition to the skills and attributes. What do you think the, the skills and attributes are needed by STEMers to be successful to transition from college into their careers? Uh, it's definitely just having that eagerness to learn. So college was very valuable to me because it taught me how to learn. And then once once you get that degree, it doesn't stop there. So if you want to stay relevant and continue to be marketable as an engineer, you definitely need to keep learning, stay on top of the latest trends and technologies and tools, um, and don't don't limit yourself to a single tool or technology. It's it's really, I think employers are going to find you much more valuable by your knowledge knowledge and willingness to learn rather than uh, just what tools you have written on your resume. Yeah, it's a it's a lifelong learning. You If you think you're going to graduate college and you've learned what you needed to learn to go off and, and be successful in your career, uh, you're going to have a rude awakening because it's going to be nothing but lifelong learning. Um, new opportunities are going to come up. New technologies are going to come up. Uh, technology is changing so fast today, and the, the, the ability to, to process data is going to continue to grow, and the amount of data is going to continue to grow, and how we manage that data is going to change going forward. Um, so thanks for that, Brett, and we are going to transition to the lightning round. Are you ready, Brett? I think so. All right. Hey, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Fake it till you make it and never think you're the smartest person in the room. Fake it till you make it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So just basically just have that confidence, even if you know um, you might not be ready for it yet. Um, But at the same time, don't be too cocky and (laughs) never think you're the smartest person in the room. Yeah. All right. Hey, and what's a personal habit that contributes to your success? Uh, I always want to keep learning. All right. And what is your favorite internet resource or app and why? I would say Stack Overflow because this is, uh, I kind of look at this as like a 
advanced reference guide for programming language. Uh, and it, it has a huge community that kind of teaches you valuable concepts about programming. And it's also a good resource that kind of helps you get unstuck if you're stuck on something. Yeah, you college students that have not figured out Stack Overflow yet, uh, take a look at it. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at the amount of information that is up there. And Brett, what is one book you recommend? Hmm. I've been reading a lot of textbooks lately, unfortunately, so I haven't uh, been able to read. Uh, but the last book I've read is The Martian. That was, um, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that's, that's an engineering mind in that book as well. All right. So The Martian by Brett. <laughs> All right. Hey, Brett, as we wrap up here, can you share a parting piece of guidance for STEM Nation? And then we'll say goodbye. Yeah. Um, I guess for the high school students listening, it's it's really okay to go into college with some uncertainty on a major within STEM. Um, so I went in not knowing what to do, but I, not knowing what I wanted to do, but it's, it's really just making sure you take, um, kind of those generals, um, relevant generals starting out right off the bat. So completing those courses, even if you don't know what you want to do is uh, very important. So you're not getting set back on semesters. Um, and then for, I guess the college students and those starting out in the professional world is you might be intimidated, uh, but just put in the work and there's really no need to worry. The more eagerness you are to learn, willingness to make mistakes, uh, you'll be all right. All right, Brett. Thank you for that. And with that, we'll say goodbye. All right. Thank you, Jeff. I hope you enjoyed our discussion today with Brett. Head on over to stemonfire.com, subscribe to the email list to keep up with the latest happenings. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Tune in next week where we talk with Teresa Hutton, who is an electrical engineer whose career has mainly been in the software world. Until next time, I hope this chat has helped ignite your passion towards a STEM career.